to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Oh, people, I'm so excited. New podcast episode. Here we are. And I'm feeling a little bit hmm, overwhelmed, but in the most positive way possible, because I feel like with every week that goes by, there's new people reaching out and new people all around the world saying thank you for sharing all the things. And I wanted to start today's episode simply by saying, saying thank you for listening and joining in on this journey of flower sharing dissecting business and understanding all the ins and outs of building a successful flower business. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sending questions my way. Thank you for following along on Instagram. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. All of the things. Just my heart is going to explode. (laughs) So that is what I wanted to simply start off today by saying. The second thing I wanted to say to you guys is... I have not figured it all out. Yesterday afternoon, we were preparing for the wedding that we have this week and getting a whole bunch of foliage prepped. And then Katie, who is our lead designer, and I got into this intense conversation around what the vision for our wedding business is, who our ideal clients are, and how do we continue to evolve and attract and outdo ourselves with every week and month and wedding and event and client that goes by and what do we want to be spending our time doing and what are our core philosophies. And it really got me thinking about this whole idea of there is no there. And as cheesy as it sounds, that whole idea of The journey is better than the destination. But this whole notion of when you're building a business, you are pushing yourself so far out of your comfort zone that all of a sudden what felt uncomfortable six months ago now feels totally normal. So that your new goals and your new ambitions become a new level of uncomfortable. And you're just constantly pushing and evolving and stepping up and stepping out and I love it. I really do am kind of completely gobsmacked and astounded and so excited to see where all of us head. Where do we go? What's next? And this whole idea of you don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to know that you're going in the direction you want to be going. And that it could be forward. It could also be sideways. It could also be one step backwards. All of those directions are valid. They are all right. They are all perfect. And the best bit is then you can decide to turn left and head forward in a different direction. So don't ever feel like you're not there because there is no there. It doesn't actually exist. So we might turn around and say, you know, for 800,000 years we've been dreaming of doing this type of installation using this type of flower foliage color palette combination at this venue and then what you're not going to all of a sudden be on this cloud of happiness with unicorns and butterflies and think oh I've made it perfect feet up Mm -mm. because you my friend are far too ambitious and there is going to be a next and a next and let's smooth this process out and let's change this and let's tweak that and let's pick up this template and let's change this process and let's decide that we love baby's breath, that we hate baby's breath, that we love hessian, that we hate hessian, that we love roses, that we hate roses, that we love orchids, that we hate orchids, that we love rose gold, that we hate rose gold. 100% all valid. And that is the beauty of this and this whole idea of you're never going to get there. And that sounds so depressing when I say that, but it's so incredible to think you have so much control over where you're going and you need to remind yourself that you don't have to have all of your ish pulled together. 
Fun fact. I am asked quite often how I accomplish so much. And one of the things is I jump out of bed in the morning and I get really excited. Like this morning, I woke up really early because of the conversation that Katie and I had yesterday and where are we going and what are we doing and what about this and what about that? And my brain is in a spiral. But I'm going to tell you a secret. Our laundry room is piled high with clean clothes. I don't know when the last time is that I have put clothes away in my chest of drawers or hung them up in the closet because, <laughs> and I am okay with this, we have, I think it's three baskets of clean clothes. Like our pile of dirty clothes is actually quite small, so they're all clean. It's just simply that both Sloan and I refuse to fold laundry because I know I'm also going to put the same clothes on in three or four days that I had on three or four days ago. It's a very small rotation of clothing. I have more clothing than I need. And as we go through the seasons, I just kind of adjust and change and find the things. And because it's been freaking freezing here, I just wear the same thing every single day. So, secret is that I set priorities. What is not important to me at this moment in time is putting laundry away. And that is perfect. It's perfect for me at this moment in time. I have complete faith that one day I will get distracted by something else and decide that putting laundry away is very important because I do get to a point where it just piles up so high I cannot handle it. But it has to get to a pretty significant point. But it doesn't need to be perfect. That's a very weird roundabout story to illustrate my point, that it does not need to be perfect. You are allowed to have foibles and to learn as you go. If you don't want to put your laundry away, your mother is not sitting over your shoulder telling you to put your laundry away. And if she is, we should talk about that. <laughs> anyway. Which is an interesting segue into today's topic. I wanted to share with you guys my top six tips for building better client relationships because this is something 100% selfishly, I am going to say, this is something I'm really wanting to obsess over, like obsess over in the next six to 12 months. I should say like the next now to six months, whatever that means. Zero to six months, obsession. How do we build better client relationships. So as you know, I come from the fabulous world of advertising. I was very good at my job because I spent a lot of time and I get a lot of enjoyment dissecting and understanding the relationships and how people present themselves in the world. So I used to, with the girls that we used to work together, we used to all sit open concept office, one, two, three, a line next up to each other, all working on the same piece of massive business. We'd get an email back from the client and we'd say, yeah, well, this is what she said, but what does she actually mean? Like, what's the psychology? What's going on behind the scenes here to make her say what she's going to say and really get to the meat of the issue? That's a funny saying. Anyway, <laughs> really get underneath and understand they're saying one thing on the surface, but what do they actually mean? And really getting enjoyment out of dissecting, there's a theme here, dissecting the language and how people are engaging with you. So I'm obsessed with it. So I am going to share my six tips for building better client relationships. And I want to tell you guys why does this matter. Why it matters is because I think we all share the same stress and on the flip side, the same ambition of being able to show up on the day, whether you're setting up for an event, delivering flowers on behalf of somebody or delivering and setting up for a wedding. You want to show up on the day, be surrounded by people who admire and love what you're doing be praised upon like you've never been praised upon before, recognized and acknowledged, and thanks for everything that you've done. And you want to be able to show up and do the best job you can. I firmly believe 
to do that, you need to be given the freedom to work in a way that you work best. So you might decide that the way that you work best is very formulaic, it's very structured, you have every single thing very clearly mapped out before you arrive at the venue. You might decide that you work best knowing, yeah, well, I budgeted for my flowers, so I'm just going to take them with me and I'll sort it out when I get there. No wrong, no wrong approach at all. But you need to be given the freedom on the day to work the way that you, as a creative, work best. To be given that freedom, you need to be given and develop trust with your clients. So build a trusting relationship with your clients to be given the freedom on the day to do your job to the best of your ability. And taking a step backwards, did you know that if you Google, this is just an aside, fun fact, if you Google the equation to build trust, there is a thing that actually exists, which is not really surprising because I can guarantee you that there's some set of academics, probably at the Harvard School of Business, who sit there, study under this thing called organizational behavior, which is basically psychology in the business environment. But these academics who work for the Department of Organizational Behavior at the Harvard School of Business, who would sit there and create a mathematic formula for how trust is built and how it is eroded. So that's unrelated to anything, but it's a fun fact for me, probably not for everyone else out there. So I apologize for that. But building trust is the key to you having better relationships with your clients and for you being able to show up on the day, do your thing, enjoy yourself, and make your clients happy. So what are the elements of building trust. There are three things. Like everything good in this world, three things. The shape of a triangle. Three things. So three elements to building trust with your clients. Reliability, credibility, personal touch. So for you to build a better relationship with your clients, you need to continue to reinforce the fact that you are reliable you are credible and reinforce that relationship with a personal touch. So let's dig into each one of these. The notion of reliability. You may have heard me say previously, 50% of new prospective clients will book with the vendor who responds first. That example of a conversion ratio and why somebody would book with you simply because you're the first to respond is because being responsive and quick to respond is one of the single fastest and most effective ways to build reliability, simply by being responsive. Now, I don't want you to interpret this like, oh, the minute that they email me at 11 o'clock at night, I need to get back to them. Nope, wrong. Ooh, I wanna get one of those sound effect buzzers. <laughs> Being responsive doesn't mean that you need to reply to their email within seven seconds. I would consider being responsive, particularly if they're emailing you, ideally you would get back to them within 24 hours if it's part of your regularly scheduled work window. Let me repeat that. Within 24 hours, within your regularly scheduled work window. Now, as florists, we operate in really odd hours. Majority of our clients, I would reckon 99.999999% of them, work regular business hours. The majority of our clients are going to assume that florists also work regular business hours. So. They are going to think, oh, the person on the other end of this inquiry, the person on the other end of this email is going to be sitting at their computer like I sit at my computer from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Unfortunately, that is not usually the case. 
It is certainly not the case for me, and I'm guessing it's not the case for you. So one of the best things you can do, the best things you can do is somewhere on your website and possibly at the bottom of your email signature, post a little list or a little blurb, a little few sentences around what your regular business hours are. Here is a beautiful thing. You own a flower business. You are allowed to decide if your regular business hours are Wednesday to Saturday, 10 to 2, Tuesday to Friday, 6 a.m. to noon, Friday to Tuesday, 4 p.m. to midnight. Who cares? that the average person works Monday to Friday, nine to five. You, as the person who owns your business, is deciding and is fully empowered by me and by yourself to set your business hours as you like. One of the best things you can do, though, is communicate those business hours to the people trying to get in touch with you. Now, this is a very good idea this whole idea of putting regular business hours on your website as well as on the bottom of your email. So even I am going to implement it. I think it's such a good idea that I am going to take my own advice and do this this week so that our clients know when they can get in touch with us. Second tip in terms of building reliability with your clients is be upfront about your communication needs and your communication preferences. So most often you will get inquiries from brides and they will send you along possibly a list of information. They might not send you anything. They might even not tell you what the date is of their wedding. That is only because they don't know any better. And you might get angry, you might get frustrated, and you might want to go up on Instagram and whinge about it. But let me tell you, it is simply that they're trying to do the best that they can with the information provided. Yes, it is obvious to you, and I'd say it's probably pretty obvious to the average person that they need to communicate the date of the wedding. However, benefit of the doubt. If you want to, don't be afraid near your inquiry form to say, here are some helpful details that you could provide us with. Or... If you have the capability and the customization on your website, customize your inquiry form so that it specifically answers the questions you're looking for. So, top tips for building reliability with your clients. One, be responsive. And I would consider responsive being able to respond to them within 24 hours of your regularly set business hours. As a little sub-point to this first point about being responsive, if you post your business hours on your website and at the base of your email, that will help people understand when they can expect to get back to you. Ooh, also forgot to mention, create an autoresponder in your email. I love when I get an email back from somebody, particularly if it's one of my clients or if it's a fellow vendor that I'm trying to get in touch with, and they just have an autoresponder, sometimes referred to as an out-of-office or a vacation notification, all the same thing, that automatically pings me an email back that said, hey, thanks so much, your email has landed safely in my inbox, and then communicates to me some sort of expectation in terms of when I will hear back from them. Worst case scenario is I send an email and then I don't hear back for five or six days and I go, oh, is there a different way to get in touch with them? Maybe they're not an email person. Maybe I should DM them. Maybe I should call them. Maybe I should show up at their business. Best thing you can do, particularly I will say this if you're in the heat of wedding season and you're like, oh my God, I'm stuck in the studio for five days. I don't want to deal with these 8,000 emails. I'm panicking because I know I need to get back to these people. One of the best things you can do is set up an autoresponder in your email that said, thank you so much for getting in touch. I'm so glad you've reached out. You'll likely get a delay in terms of hearing from me. 
you can expect to hear from me within XX days. A, it tells the person who emailed you that they emailed the right person. B, you've managed their expectations and telling them when you can hear back from them and you haven't even had to do anything. Bonus. Such a good one. So, second tip under building reliability is being upfront about your communication needs. Don't shy away. Don't be afraid to tell your clients how best to communicate with you, how best to get in touch, how to go about booking appointments, all of the things, right? Your business, your rules, you are allowed to tell them how to communicate with you. Otherwise, they're going to default to the way that they might communicate with somebody in the workplace. And then you're going to get irritated because you're like, oh, they don't respect my time. They don't do this. They don't do that. How is about you turn around and tell them how you want to be communicated with? Then they are much more likely to communicate with you that way. Fun fact, on our studio voicemail, it says, thanks so much for getting in touch. If you're looking to order flowers for delivery, please phone this number. It gives them a different phone number to call. If you're inquiring about a wedding and event, please visit our website at blah, 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 blah. And then the voicemail ends. The beautiful thing is, the only time we answer that phone call is if we have a scheduled appointment or if it's somebody calling about the event that we have on the day. So it's a beautiful thing, this whole voicemail system, because <laughs> if people are inquiring for weddings, they then go to our website and get filtered through my preferred mode of communication. Email, because I can use templates. Love it. So I learned that trick from a beautiful girl in America who said she doesn't ever actually answer her studio phone because she doesn't want to have to deal with the distraction of somebody else's wedding inquiry and trying to answer their questions that are most often just posted on your website. Or it's very clearly communicated as to how to get in touch with you. So hot tip. If you own a wedding and events business, don't be afraid to change your voicemail and redirect them or tell them how you want them to behave. Having said all of that, if you are a person who really likes the phone, that is your default preferred channel of communication, completely ignore what I've said, 100%. If you like the phone as your number one piece of communication, then encourage people to call you. If you don't like the phone, find and encourage your clients to contact you a different way. So top two tips for building reliability, be responsive, get back to them within 24 hours of your standard business hours. Tip two, be upfront about your communication needs to them. Don't shy away from telling them how you want this relationship to run. Now, Building credibility. Tip number one under building credibility, social proof. This is where I think Instagram plays the biggest role in your business. Demonstrate that you are a human being, share work that you're inspired by, show your behind the scenes, Get into the nitty-gritty. I think, and actually, in fact, I know for the longest time, I was very resistant to Instagram. All of my emotional baggage, self-doubt, personal discomfort would come to the surface because I would sit there and I'd say, but it needs to be perfect. When in actual fact, that's not true. If you can figure out what your point of view is on wedding flowers, on business, on your process, on how you go about planning, things you enjoy doing with your time, what you like eating for lunch, the music that you like, the movies that you like to go see, what you're dreaming about in your garden, anything. Don't be shy and don't be afraid to share your point of view on things. You are a person. People like to do business with other people. So don't be afraid about showing that you are a people on Instagram. 
I am saying that because I still need to take that advice. And one of the things I am going to commit to from this moment forward is the idea of showcasing much more of our behind the scenes in terms of our wedding development and changing my own perspective on how we use Instagram. To share with you guys the process, to share with our prospective clients how we go about doing these things, to give you the tips and tricks, to show you what's in season at this time of year, to show you different ways of doing things, to share with you our love of flowers, our process, hopefully be a little bit fun and entertaining along the way. So watch this space, but I want you guys to kind of take a lead out of that notion and don't be afraid to just play around. Because the best thing is with Instagram, you can go in and delete posts, you can archive posts, you can edit posts, your stories only last for 24 hours. They can last for even less time if you decide that you just wanna delete it. It's a beautiful thing. Nobody's paying as much attention as you are to what you're doing. And people want to know that they're working with people and people who care. So show you care, tell your story, push yourself out of your comfort zone. I am with you, I will support you, I am so there. And one of the notions of social proof is the whole idea that you can go out there and show that you have been engaged by, you've gotten an inquiry from, you've got a booking from, and that you're working on other people's work. Everybody wants to work with a busy business and a successful business. So if you can show that you're landing a booking, that you're planning somebody's mood board, that you're sorting through a quote, that you're getting inspired by something, that you're working on your own creative process, all of that stuff is valuable to show. And I will tell you right now, like everything else in this industry, there is no one right way to do it. That's my cat making funny noises. There is no one right way to show up on Instagram. Find what you're comfortable with, experiment, and just know that nobody is paying as much attention as you are. So there you go. Leading right into that, I will also say have a point of view. Your clients have come to you because you are an expert. You are a professional. So be professional and demonstrate your expertise. You are allowed, and in fact I encourage you, to have differing points of view than the average person. You are 100% allowed to. Here's a real life example. I was talking to one of the girls a couple weeks ago about how she really did not want to use billy buttons in the work that the client has asked her to do. So I gave her permission, because I think that's what we're all looking for, is some permission to move ahead with what we would like to be doing, but I gave her permission to go back to her client and say, hey, here's my perspective on billy buttons and how they look best at weddings and give a couple of examples that show them not being used in a bouquet. Because that was just her personal preference from a design point of view. I will tell you what, your point of view is valid, it matters, and if you can come up with one reason to help explain to your client why you think something, share it with them. Share with them why doing a massive Lily of the Valley installation is not a good idea. Share with them why doing a giant wisteria ceiling in the middle of January is not a good idea. Whatever your intuition is telling you around, I don't really like this, I don't really want to do this, I don't really think this is the best thing to be doing, understand the why behind that. Use that as an opportunity to educate your clients on why or why not. They are looking for expertise. They're looking for somebody to hold their hand and they're looking for somebody to help them through this process. They have so much to do on their list of planning a wedding, let alone also trying to navigate their relationship with their mother, with their mother-in-law, with their great aunt Sally. So much to do. Help them navigate that process. So top tips for building credibility. Social proof. 
demonstrate your point of view, show up on Instagram, create a blog, whatever it is that you want to do, but some evidence of social proof. Two, have a point of view. Don't be afraid to share with your clients why something's a good idea, why it's a bad idea. It's all valid and it all matters and it all ladders up to the fact that you are an expert and you know what you're talking about. Pillar number three in building trust with your clients is all about the personal touch. One thing that's going to separate your business from the future Android-driven flower-making machinery of the future is the fact that you are human and your clients are human. The personal touch aspect of your business is so important. One, get to know your clients as people. Where do they work? What do they do? What are they stressed out about? What are they super duper excited about? What are they finding overwhelming? What bits do they care about? What bits don't they care about? What do they do for fun? Where are they going on their honeymoon? Who are they having as their DJ? What kind of cake are they having? What kind of shoes is she wearing? Right? All of these little details. You could get excited by it. You could not get excited by it. But find the questions that you get excited by and ask them. Get to know them as people. What kind of coffee do they like to drink? Do they like ice cream? How do they feel about pizza? So many things you could be asking them. The bottom line in this instance is treat them the way that you would like to be treated. They are people. People like to be seen, they like to be heard, they like to be acknowledged, and they like to be recognized. Treat them as people. Walk them through the process. Demonstrate that you're excited. Now this is something that gets you so far. This is so simple, but at the end of your email, if you can find a way to write this sentence, you are going to make your clients very happy. Before you sign off, simply say, oh my gosh, I am so excited. How many exclamation points you put at the end of that sentence is totally up to you. It could be one, it could be 27. Now, if you can write in your email, oh my gosh, I am so excited. Reiterate your excitement through everything that you're doing because they turn around every time it comes to their wedding. Mom's got a question. The caterer's got a question. The photographer's got a question. The cake maker's got a question. Oh, I have to go for my dress fitting. Oh my God, my shoes don't fit. What kind of makeup do I want? How am I wearing my hair? Overwhelm, overwhelm, overwhelm. Be excited. You need to be one of the most excited people working with your clients that has ever existed. And if you're not getting excited about the work that you're doing, or where your business is going, or the clients that you're working with, find something to get excited by. Excitement, excitement, excitement. Simply by adding in this little line at the end of your email, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You could even add an emoji at the end. You know, each to their own. So get to know them as people, be excited, treat them with respect, acknowledge them, Treat them the way that you would like to be treated. Point number two under personal touch. Surprise and delight. So the nature of the wedding and events industry is that you'll get an inquiry today for an event that's happening in September 2020. At this time of this recording, that is, if I can do the math quickly, 16 months away. 16 months. So you're going to have a lot to do with your clients in the first two to three weeks that they contact you. Then they're going to pay their deposit. And then a lot of nothing's going to happen for months. Like you could go through a whole life crisis in 12 months and come back and then still be thinking about their wedding and still get excited by it. So it's June 2019. They've inquired, they've paid their deposit, and they're not getting married until October 2020. This is going to sound crazy, but literally schedule into your project management software or your calendar. Ooh, send an email to Stephanie, Julie, Amanda, whatever her name is. Simply saying something along the lines of, oh, hey, I was just thinking about you guys the other day. So excited for the wedding next year. Hope things are going well. Talk to you soon. That's it. If you want to take it one step further, 
oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I was just thinking of you. I stumbled across this thing on Pinterest. Send them a link to what you stumbled across. Can't wait to reconnect in a few months. Hope you guys are doing well. Talk to you soon. Surprise and delight. It is so easy, so simple. And I would definitely encourage you to simply put it in your calendar and make it a thing that you do in terms of your process. It doesn't need to be a big to-do. It just be a very simple, hey, I was thinking of you, can't wait till next year. Because you're going to go back, let's reiterate what I've just said, to demonstrate excitement. Even better is send that email and use it as an opportunity to demonstrate a little bit of social proof. For example, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for your wedding next year because I just went out to XYZ venue and did ABC. If you had an event out there, if you had lunch there, if you just drove by the place, all valid, right? But just showing a little bit of social proof that you're out there, that you're busy, that you're doing stuff. So whatever you want to do to surprise and delight, go for it. Now, let me recap all these goodies. My six tips for building better client relationships. Remember that the foundation of a good relationship is built on trust. Trust is going to give you the freedom to do your thing on the day that you show up. Trust is built through reliability, credibility, and personal touch. Best ways to build reliability, be responsive, be upfront about how you want to be communicated with. Best ways to build credibility, social proof. Have a point of view. Don't be afraid to share your perspective and your point of view. Your personal touch. Get to know them as people. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Demonstrate excited, excitement as often and in an authentic way as possible. Surprise and delight. Send them a random note at any given time to simply say, I was thinking of you. I was inspired by this. I saw this. I was thinking of you. Easy as that. So those are my top six tips for building better client relationships. This is going to be a focus of mine in the next few months. And I'm so excited because I know that there'll be some templates and tricks and tips that I'm going to share with you guys. So it'll be all good. And if you're super keen to learn more truly functional and applicable stuff like this, these are the things that we will be talking about at our upcoming live, in-person, full-day workshops that I am hosting here in the Southern Highlands of Australia. So Sunday the 7th of July and Monday the 8th of July, still have a few places left on both days, but you can go to the show notes and I'll have the link in there. And... If you have any questions, email me, but definitely get in quick because I know we're going to sell out. We are going through marketing, pricing. Katie and I will show you bouquet making, table arrangements, wiring. We're also going to do a giant ceremony setup and installation. So many flowers, so much good food. We'll have a photographer there. There'll be Katie and Sloan and I will be there all questions can be asked. Bring any quandaries, information, ideas. We will show you all the things about foam-free floristry that we have learned over the last few months. And so much hands-on design time. So link is in the show notes or email me if you want more details. So excited! And don't be afraid to share all the goodies with your friends. Get them to follow me on Instagram. And if you guys have any questions, email me. Or there's also a new function on our website called Ask Me Anything, which has been really good. So that's fun. I'm going to say sayonara for the minute. And I hope you guys have a beautiful day. I shall see you on the Instagrams. And I love you. And... Have a good afternoon.
Talk to you soon. Bye for now. It is very possible. What you actually come up with isn't necessarily considered steps, but it might just be all the different questions that come to mind for you. So for example, question one, what documents do I need to have to be considered a legitimate business? Right? The steps in order to answer those questions are things like go to Google, research, talk to your local small business group, talk to your accountant, talk to your local council, talk to the tax office, right? It's going to be an investigation in terms of doing a lot of research. And then once you've investigated those things and figured out, oh, it's as simple as I only need these three pieces of paper, or I need to have this document filed, or I need to go on and register this with the tax office, then it's a matter of outlining for yourself, okay, what are those steps? And then you need to actually assign time when you're going to do this. I am a massive advocate for time blocking, right? Book appointments with yourself. Decide you are going to have a meeting. 
And you've heard me talk about this before, all the different hats that you wear as a business owner. So if you're thinking about incorporation or you're thinking about registering with the tax office or you're thinking about getting a business license, you need to, as a matter of fact, you, as the CEO of your business, need to almost sit down and have a meeting with, you can call them your head of operations, which also happens to be you, but you need to have a meeting between those two people to understand what you need to be doing, right? So you, as the CEO of your business, need to sit down with your head of operations, possibly your chief financial officer, all happen to be you, and have a meeting. Book that meeting in with yourself. So it might be Thursday at 9 a.m., Kathleen is having a meeting with her CFO and her head of operations to figure out business licensing, apply for the documentation, read the website, go to their office, book an appointment with your accountant. Whatever it is that you need to do, don't be afraid to book meetings with yourself. Huge, huge advocate of that type of process. In this document, all you need to do is go, okay, milestone A is set up legit business. Questions that come to mind for me are, what does a legit business look like? What kind of documentation do I need to have? Who might know the answer to that question? What can I find on Google? Where is my local small business organization? Do I have an accountant? Do I need a lawyer? Any question that comes to mind, write it down. Then, in the by when column, tell yourself and literally book into your calendar a meeting with yourself to figure out when you're going to figure that stuff out. And then you can assign who will do this. It's very possible you might figure out in some of your milestones and some of your steps that you're working through that you need to assign a task to somebody else. Might be your brother, might be your mom, might be your cousin, might be your lawyer, might be your accountant, might be your big sister, might be your best friend, might be talking to somebody else who knows a lot of things about setting up a business. Right, so you can decide you're gonna bring somebody else into the loop and you can add that into the column of who will do this. So milestone A might be set up legit business. Don't be afraid to bring up all the questions that you have no idea the answers to in this section. You will eventually figure out the steps to get you from A to B. Milestone B or milestone two might then be create a website. So what are the steps involved in creating a website? One. You need a domain name. Two, you need to figure out where your website's going to be hosted. So Squarespace, Wix, Shopify, WordPress, something else out there that might toot your horn. Step number three is you need to have photos. You might then all of a sudden realize, ooh, so to get step number three done, I could either buy some stock imagery, I could buy some graphics and illustration, I could go buy some flowers and test out a little photography for myself, or I could set up a commissioned styled shoot. All of a sudden, you might then realize, oh, to get that step three done, I wanna actually create a commissioned styled shoot. So that's going to be a new milestone, right? That becomes a little bit of a project in itself. So, you know, okay, I need to get photo photographs done. <laughs> then step number four is I need to figure out what content do I need on my website, right? So you need like a top menu, a navigation, you'll need an about me page. If you're gonna be selling products on your website, you need product shots, you need to also have a little bit of a catalog, you need to figure out the whole checkout system. If you're looking to attract wedding and event clients, then you need to have a contact me page. You might wanna have a little bit written about your philosophy around flowers, who you are, how you operate, the process that you work under, if you want to have a price list on your website, right? Like you just need to go through and map out the content on your website. You might also decide to throw a step in there that is research other wedding and event websites, right? Go out and find 10, 15, 20 websites that you really like the look of, then deconstruct them. What do you like the look of them? Do you like the fact that they have a lot of white space? Do you like the fact that they have this type of look and feel? What's their menu look like? What kind of content do they have on their pages? How limited is their content? How in-depth is their content? All those things. Don't be afraid to research what others are doing and pick up on the bits and pieces that you really like and then make it your own. 
So then step four or step five might be upload the content to your website. Step number six is get somebody else to read over the content on your website for copywriting errors, flow, ideas, all the things. Step number six, push live on your website. Right, So you can understand how you might have a big milestone, but all you need to do is just break it down into smaller steps. I would also highly recommend that you give yourself a date or a deadline. So fill in that by when section and go one step further and book yourself a meeting with yourself. Be very specific about what you're going to achieve in that meeting and if you need anybody else to join you in that discussion. But hopefully this makes sense because what you're going to do is you're just going to have and break out the big chunks of work that you need to get done. Be mindful of the fact that you still have a day job. Be mindful of the fact that you might already have other commitments and just work around it. I am a person who thinks that everything needs to be done right now, immediately, if not yesterday. But I'll tell you, I have proven to myself that slow and steady wins the race and you will get there. Just chug along and chip away at it. Even if you can assign five hours a week, five hours a week to one of these projects, you will be astounded at how much progress you actually make. So don't be afraid to chop and change some of the stuff as you see fit. And also don't be afraid to come back and revisit this every three months. None of this stuff needs to be set in stone. Like this is the beauty of this whole thing is that it is a process. I will also really encourage you guys to message me if you have any questions. Message me on Instagram or email me through thrivepodcast.co. Send me an email directly from the website. And would so love to see how and where you are using this template. If you are going through the process and you get stuck on anything, don't be afraid to contact me because you're not going to be the only one. And absolutely 100%, if you're listening to this podcast episode and or using this planning tool, take a screenshot of it and post it to Instagram and tag me in it. I would so love to see what you guys are up to. So I'm going to end it there. Thank you for sticking it out with me. And I really, 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 really hope that this is helpful. But... I shall talk to you cool cats later, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.